this week on Erotic Awakening, rituals and rules, my first kinky play party, and kinky Christmas. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as as simply fun kink. You will find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a uh, what you can expect at the first play party that you ever go to, as well as some discussion from a topic written in by a listener about who's going to set those rules and protocols. Shouldn't the Dom have a voice? Or the sub, maybe. <laughs> or the sub, maybe. As well as a variety of other things. But, uh, hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. Though, uh, this is the night before going in for surgery. It so. is, it is. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about that on the last podcast. So, and now it's really happening. So it's 9.30 on Wednesday night. And we have to be at the hospital, which is an hour away, at 5.15 tomorrow morning. So we better get a move on. That means waking up. No, that means leaving at 4.15. That means waking up at 3.30 so I can have my last shower of two weeks. I'm It'll be two weeks four. before. <laughs> I'm not taking a shower. <laughs> I need to take a shower. So, because, yeah, if I don't get another one for two weeks, then uh, I want to feel my best that morning. So, uh, we'll be up early. We will be up early, and you will uh, be stuck in the house for a while. Catching up on all those TV shows that people recommended that you watch? Yeah, yeah. I just talked to my sister tonight. She said I won't be watching a lot of TV. I'll be sleeping a lot. Well, that's probably good. Probably (laughs) Probably just as well. Probably good. But you know what? I'm actually kind of looking forward. Maybe that's the right term. Looking forward to having people in the community come over the next couple of weeks. I've got people popping in and out and uh, to check on me and things Mm -hmm. like that. So... I'm hoping I'm cognizant enough to actually have conversations with them so that I get to know them a little bit better. But I sit here and I try to think back of the week after my elbow surgery or the week after my gallbladder surgery, and I don't remember much of it. So I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to be able to have conversations with people or not. Well, we will find out. But speaking of conversations, uh, this question of the day came in from a listener. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everybody has been to hundreds of play parties like you have. Who? Me and you. What is it do you think that people should expect at that first play party? Well, um, I guess it depends on what kind of play party it is. Is it at a, a hotel? Is it at somebody's house? Is it at an event space like the Columbus space? You know, things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I know if it's, at a, if it's at a hotel, if it's at a convention, if it's at an event space... First, more than likely, you're going to have to sign a release form, right? So you're going to have to sign a release form and show your ID. House parties, not always. Some do, some don't. Uh, depends how formal they are. And, um, and then I guess you can expect play. You're probably going to see some nudity. You're probably going to see some BDSNM. <laughs> you are probably going to hear some moans and hear some screaming and, you know, all of that type of stuff. So, and um, you'll probably see a lot of people that are comfortable with what they do. And, you know, just to, to start, uh, and it does mess with people sometimes that they do have to show their ID, mm-hmm. right? That they have to sign these legal waivers and like, oh, no, I don't want a paper trail that I was at some kinky dungeon. 
but um, it's common, right? It's, it's Very you're going to find that any dungeon, any public dungeon that you go to, and of course that's to protect the people that are running the dungeon. We're doing stuff that some may consider dangerous, and if you end up breaking your own wrist or hurting someone else, the uh, dungeon wants some, you know right to say yeah you're here voluntarily you're here on consent so that's normal enough mm-hmm. and and the people that run these places want to know who's in their building you know we have a um unfortunately a list of sex offenders right so we need to know who's coming in our building so that we're not letting in sex offenders sure you know are people like that so it also you know covers our butt and in and that sort of aspect, as a building owner, right, and because you want to keep you want to keep the environment as safe as, as safe you can. as possible. So, and that is part of it. One of the things that people uh, it's important that people understand is that you know what are the expectations that you know am I going to have to play if somebody asks me or um, you know what if I'm new? Well, the nice thing is no, you don't have to play. You don't have to do anything. It's very mm-hmm. common uh, in a public dungeon. There, it's quite acceptable to just walk around and watch. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to play in private, then you play in private. And some dungeons have private rooms, right? But if they're, if you're playing in public, and of course you want to leave a, a reasonable amount of space, but normally the dungeon area has the space outlined. And if you want to stand there and watch other people play, well, heck, they're playing in public. That's what it's there for. That's what, you know, and I've, I've had new people come up to me before and, and, you know, and ask, you know, I wanted to watch the, the scene, but I didn't want the, them to see me watching them. And I'm like, really? Because I am an exhibitionist. I like to see people watching me. That's why I come to a public dungeon. So, you know, so, yeah, it's absolutely okay to watch people playing. Like I said, mm-hmm. just, just stay out of their space. And sometimes you'll see chairs set up around a dungeon, and it's specifically for that purpose so that you can sit and watch and just be in all the energy that's going on. But, no, you're not expected to play. And no, you don't have to play with anyone that comes up to you and ask you to play if that happens. Right. So you don't have to ask other people to play. Some people come and chill out in the social room all night. You know, they didn't come to play. They came to hang out with the people that they feel the most comfortable around. Mm-hmm. So no expectations. One of the nice things is if you're an introvert, you can, uh, or if you just want to be able to communicate easily, a lot of dungeons will offer wristband systems where if you're wearing a certain color wristband that indicates I am interested in bottoming, topping, or something else. Mm-hmm. So, And those wristbands are just to start conversation. So again, just because you wear one doesn't mean you're expected to do anything. So um, if you're going to a play party, I highly recommend reading the rules. So some, play, some parties allow pen, sex and penetration. Some mm-hmm. do not. Um, some allow things like cutting. Some do not. Um, just, I, I would just become familiar with their cell phone policy because most places will not allow you to have a cell phone mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So just become familiar with the rules and that'll help set some of the expectations for you. So, and of course the most popular question is, I was going to say that too. <laughs> what should I wear? What should I wear? <laughs> We've had people in bicycle shorts to naked, to thongs, to fetish wear, to jeans, to shorts and sandals, to just about anything. Now I will say the, um, the swing club here in town, uh, at least one of them does have a dress code. Mm-hmm. Here at the space, there's no dress code whatsoever. Some people come dressed very casually. 
jeans and a t-shirt. Other people, um, matter of fact, at this last play party, we had somebody dressed in all rubber, uh, even had a little rubber butt plug. Um, We've had some come in onesies. Some come the, in onesies, right? Well, two kinds of onesies. We've had some come in onesies as an age play onesies, mm-hmm. right? We've had some come in onesies which are made for adults right now. They're the footy pajamas, and they're called onesies. So I guess because they're one piece and they zip up the front. So we've had people come in their pajamas before. <laughs> so, yeah, just about anything. But, again, I would read the rules. And sometimes on FET, if the event is posted on FET, sometimes there's a group that's also created for the event. And you can go on there and ask questions. And if you're looking to play, you can actually mention it on there. Absolutely. Or see if someone else has mentioned that they want to play and see if it's something you're interested in. So, you know, you can end up setting up a date ahead of time, a play date ahead of time, which is always nice. But the key, I would say, the key is go. Mm-hmm. Just go. Drop 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever they're charging and just go. Um, worst case scenario is you're not going to enjoy it, right? You're going to say, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it would be. But, you know, you're never going to figure out what it's like until you give it a shot. So, and, and I would also recommend that um, brush up on your skills on how to say hi to people. Right. If you're new and you're going to a new party, sometimes you'll have some extroverts there that'll come and say hi to everybody. And that's what they do. Sometimes there's not. So, you know, take responsibility to say hi to people. And I know it can be difficult, but um, just go up, say hi, introduce yourself and move on. Go say hi and introduce yourself to somebody else and just put yourself out there. And like I said, it's a little difficult, but even us introverts can brush up on those skills and, and take a chance and say hi to people. If you would like to say hi to us, <laughs> you can get a hold of us in a variety of ways, including writing Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or finding us on FetLife. The group name is Erotic Awakening, two words, and we are the owners. So just message us that way. Other ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting, such as Boise or oh, we got Boise, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And past podcast episodes and a link to the newsletter and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Nice. And speaking of the newsletter, I may or may not have one out for December. Depends how my uh, recovery goes after tomorrow's surgery. But we do have a couple of new subscribers to the newsletter. So even if the newsletter doesn't come out, you can still get your shout out. Exactly. So we have a missionary man from Orlando. Who's a missionary? Creamy Peach (laughs) from Maryland. And Satine. What's PNW? Pacific Northwest, I nice. reckon. Nice. Okay. All right. That works. So welcome aboard, guys. Like I said, I'll try to get a newsletter out in December. If not, I'll see you again in January 2017. Oh, my gosh. Three weeks away? It is, but Christmas, I think, is only two weeks away. Something like that. So, so now is your chance to get your kink starter cards. Indeed. We've been um, actually mailing out at least a deck of those a day. I'm behind the deck, as a matter of fact. Are you? I've got one going to Hawaii that I need to get in the mail tomorrow. Nice, nice. I think people are putting those in stockings. It's a heck of a good stocking stuffer. You can go over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link that says Buy Dan and Dawn and get your Kickstarter cards. Awesome, awesome. Is that also where they go? What else do they do at Buy Dan and Dawn? Oh, that's where they get on the secret 
Facebook page. They do get on the secret Facebook, nice. which I've not posted to lately. Have you posted I, I have not lately, but I imagine I will have plenty of time to do so <laughs> over cool. the next few weeks. So real quickly, uh, before we wrap this thing up, we are going to talk a little bit about our topic of the day, which is uh, somebody actually wrote us and said, well, Tell me, Dan and Dawn, who sets those rules and protocols when you have rules and protocols? In, in a power exchange relationship? Is it the sub? Is it the dom? Do they mutually come up, do them together? Well, I know you and I teach a lot, and I know different people do it differently, but we do teach a lot to, um, at least for the contract part, at least when you're in the negotiation part, to do it as peers and do it together. So now ongoing through the relationship, once you've negotiated and like I've turned over my power to you as your slave, I think you've come up with rituals before on your own. You know, you're like, okay, it's a new day. Here's what you're doing, you know, sort of thing or protocol. But there's some that we talk about, too. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about how things have when you and I did this, we did it as peers, but we were building a particular long-term sustainable relationship that was targeting long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Now, and then I get, I get the thinking about the rituals and protocols uh, that I've built with... Um, do we have a name for her yet? New mm-hmm. K? Let's call sure. her New K. New K, okay. Okay. Um, where that was a little bit, and as a matter of fact, this is going to be the same for Slave Bat. And I would say the last couple of, of power exchange relationships I've had have been more of them saying, I want more of a broad, I want to be in your collar, I want to learn, I want to, be, I want to submit, um, I want to feel what that's like. And having some ideas like... Um, Nuke had some specific goals that she was going for. Bat had some specific areas, specific things that she wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And I pretty much said, okay, with that in mind, here's the rituals and protocols. Now, granted, there's feedback, and the feedback can drive me to change some things or modify or add some things. Um, but I think in, this, in those shorter-term relationships then I'm more doing a lot more driving than in a longer-term relationship where we work more as peers to set up those rituals and protocols. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I can see that. So, though I do know that um, when I mentioned on one of the podcasts that I was afraid our rituals were going to fall away because I wasn't going to be able to do them, you came up with another one that um, wouldn't require, you know what I mean? You modified one. Uh-huh. So, and that's not something we discussed. That was a command. Here, this is what you're going to do. So, you know, it's not like we discussed that. So, you know, even now in our long-term relationship, you do that sometimes. Yeah, I think it's more of a, at the peer level, is more the what. What do we want to accomplish in this relationship? What is it that we're striving for? Mm, that makes sense. The how, which is more ritual and protocol stuff, is more stuff that I'm driving. Yeah. You know, you said, well, I want you to take me to Florida. And I said, okay, well, we're going to take an airplane. We're going to take a taxi. We'll take a taxi to the airport. And at the airport, we'll get an airplane. And at the airplane, will take us to this airport. And from there, we'll rent a car. Um, 
you know, so in Power Exchange, you said, well, I want to be, um, I want to submit to you. And I said, okay, well, in that case, you're going to have to go get me a glass of water. And when you bring me the water, you can hand it to me this way. And when you're not with me, I want you to practice this thing. And, you know, when you address me, use this kind of sentence structure. Mm-hmm. I see that. I see that. So, hmm. yeah, that is kind of how it works in ours. So, and with that in mind, um, I just want to put out there, that's how it works in ours. Right. You know, not everybody does it that way. There's um, some uh, relationships where it is just the dom that makes all the rituals and protocols based on what they want, right? There are some relationships where the dom expects the submissive to speak up and design rituals and protocols as part of their submission. So, you know, it kind of goes across the board. The part of the key, though, is that do you have this, is your dominant or your capital letter type smart enough, flexible enough, intuitive enough that if a ritual's not working or it's not serving any purpose, that they stop doing, you know, that they'll, they'll modify it. And they have to be able to listen to the submissive or the lowercase letter type that says, this doesn't really work for me. Or I don't understand the value of this. Or this, the va- there's no longer a value in this. Um, the problem is, the challenge is every time you come up with a new ritual or a new protocol, then you are responsible for tending it. Not just, granted it's the lowercase letter that has to drive and do it, but you've still got to be involved in checking on it and such so that it's still powerful and still valid. Absolutely. So, And I'm sure that's a little bit of work too. So, oh my gosh. I can't think of... Anything else to cover on that one? It seems pretty straightforward. Approach it either way, right? Either Mm -hmm. as peers or with one person leading and getting feedback. Um, You're right. What you're saying, though, it's it's very dependent on the relationship, but it's also dependent on, you know, if it's a play relationship where you're only together for a short amount of time or even not, not even the relationship like that. A lot of times what... What I have found, and the submissive actually wants the DOM, the, the capital letter type, to drive that kind of stuff, to mm-hmm. make it happen. Mm-hmm. And if they don't make it happen, they start to feel um, lost sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, wow. Well, I think we covered that one, sir. If um, you disagree, feel free to come on the show and tell us how you've done it. Um, as for that matter, if you're into uh, daddy, dom, baby, girl relationships, pet, human, or swinger etiquette, we are looking for guests for all those topics. Absolutely. So we would like to get some more guests on here with them. Oh, and we're looking for someone that can talk about restraints besides rope. So we have a little bit of experience with that, but not we're not experts. <laughs> and with that short show, we are going to go chop you up. We are, though, 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 I do have a couple of tentacle links as well. Better so get those out there. I will get there. Peach sent me a link of a beautiful octopus tattoo. And then Rosie sent me a, uh, a link to the USB tentacle that you stick in your computer. Oh. So, got Peach and Rosie. Very so, cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe. You're currently listening to a song called Wind. And the official EA twatter is still Reverend Danny Smite. The person we've seen most recently is MD Sub. The current senders of tentacles is Peach and Rosie. 
Then the provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer. And the official food that goes on boobs is nipple tarts from Sasquatch. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.